Welcome everyone to uh, Jewish History Sound Bites, and this is uh, Yehudi Gaberer here with another episode, actually a special Tisha B'Av episode um, yeah, of Jewish History Sound Bites. And I'll speak a little bit about it. It's interesting, one of the kinnists that we say on Tisha B'Av is called Arze Halavanain, and it's about the Asara Haruge Malchus, and the apparently the idea of... of of saying a special kinah for the ten great Tanoim of the time period of the Mishnah who were killed during the uh, time of the Roman Empire around the same period of time immediately following the um, destruction of the Second Beis HaMikdash. And it's a special kinah to mourn the loss of the rabbinic leadership of the Tanoim killed by the Romans during that period of time. And not only is, is it a special kinah, but it seems to be one that many people connect to. Um, a similar version of it is said not as a kinah, but as a tefillah on Yom Kippur during the Musaf. And it's something that people very much somehow connect to, the loss of leadership, the destruction, the fact that, that many times leaders were singled out. And therefore... It being inspired by the kin of, of Arze Halavanain, of the, of the Asar Ruge Malchus, I thought to talk a little bit about many of the great Torah leaders who were killed um, during the Holocaust, during the great Churban destruction of European Jewry uh, by the Nazis and their collaborators. And um, it's also to clear up a bit of a misconception. Um, I was speaking to someone recently that... There's an assumption out there, apparently, that uh, many or most of the G'dayle Yisrael, of the great Jewish leaders, Torah leaders, were able to get out, were able to escape, were arranged for them to escape, and uh, nothing could be farther from the truth. Uh, there were a few prominent ones, and those obviously the ones who survived, so they became more famous in the post-war to a certain extent, so we recognize their names more. And, of course, they were also very, very prominent on the Jewish scene, so they were specifically cared for and helped to get out. But the absolutely overwhelming majority of great Torah leaders in every category uh, were not able to get out and were lost. And it was a tremendous loss for the Jewish people that, that we lost so many great leaders at that time. So instead of going in depth about one or two of them, I thought maybe in the spirit of the of the Asaruge Malchus, we'll have a short snippets on as many as we can get in in a, a time period of a podcast, of one episode, and um, just short little snippets. And also, just like the Asaruge Malchus, there's a, a few of them are the more famous, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Shmuel Kayin Gadol, and then you have some ones there that are not so famous at all, Rabbi Huda ben Dama and Rabbi Chanina ben Chachnoi, not not as not so famous, not quoted in many Mishnayos or Gemaras anywhere. But yet, we believe that they're part of the great Tanaim who were killed because they're in the Asara Haruge Malchus. There's really three categories that we can look at in Torah leadership. There's the great Hasidic rabbis. There's community rabbis, rabbis of towns, cities. And then there's the yeshiva world, or maybe even specifically the Litvish yeshiva world, even though there were yeshivas in many other countries as well, in Hungary, 
in Poland, in Galicia, Germany had yeshivas, but perhaps we'll focus as its own category, the Lithuanian yeshiva world. So if we choose a few examples of each category, that will give a, give a bit of a, of a scope, of a uh, sense of the, of the scope of the loss. We'll start with Hasidic Rebbes, one of the greatest Rebbes of the largest, or second largest, third largest, we don't have the exact numbers, of all the Hasidus in the pre-war world, is Alexander Rebbe, the last Alexander Rebbe, definitely one of the largest Hasidus in the world, up there with Ger. And the last Rebbe, his name was Rabbi Yitzchak Menachem Mendel Danziger. Danziger was the name of all the, of the um, Alexander Rebbes. The sefer that he wrote was named Akedas Yitzchak, which is a bit of an irony. You know, he himself became an Akeda, and he was one of the greatest leaders of pre-war Polish Jewry. The Alexander Hasidim were somewhat known for attracting the simple folk, the factory workers. He lived, Alexander's right next to Ludge. He himself moved to Ludge at some point. He was a very fatherly figure, a great massive empire of Hasidus. He had an affiliation with Agudas Yisrael at some point, and he was a very, very uh, dynamic leader of, of Polish Jewry before the war. He um, escaped from Lodz, where he lived at the beginning of the war, like many others, to Warsaw, to where he was, and he ended up in the Warsaw Ghetto. He may have had an opportunity to leave. He definitely didn't take it up. It's unclear how, how, how much of an opportunity it was, but he chose to stay. He chose to stay with the Hasidim. It's interesting. He said to his Hasidim in the Warsaw Ghetto, he asked him, what should their Avoida be? What should they work on? And he said, it says in the Machzor of Rosh Hashanah, Uchuva Utfila Utzdaka. Uchuva, davening, giving tzdaka. And he said in almost all Machzorim, it says, Little words on top, on top of tshuva, it says, um, it says uh, tsoim, fasting. On top of tefillah, it says koil, to daven with a loud voice. And on top of tzedakah, it says mamayin, to give money to tzedakah. And he said, if we look around in the Warsaw Ghetto, we can't do tsoim, because we don't have food anyway. So if we're fasting, it's not by choice. And if we get any food, then we eat it, because we have to eat a little bit to survive. So fasting is irrelevant. He said, tzedakah is also relevant. We don't have mamayin. We don't have any money to, to live for ourselves. So that becomes irrelevant. He said, the only thing that's left is we can cry out. We can have koil. We can cry out to Hashem. And therefore, we have to put all our energies in davening, to daven and cry out to Hashem. And he said, that's why it says in the Pasuk and Shir Hashirim, Hashmi'ini es koilech. Let me hear your koil, your, your voice in tefillah. Ki koilech arev, which usually translates as arev, as pleasant. But the Alexander Rebbe said arev in this context means arevus. It's a, it's a collateral. It's a security. It's instead of the other two. And the, the arev, it becomes instead, the arev of koil, of the davening, comes instead of the tshuva and the tzedakah. That was Alexander Rebbe. He's killed in Treblinka together with all his Hasidim and his family in the gas chambers, and that's, and that's how he met his end. The Radomska Rebbe, the last Radomska Rebbe of Shlema, Chanoich Hakoyen Rabinovich, also the Rabinoviches, the Koyanim, the Radomskers, all the same chain, the same dynasty. So the last one 
is um, the last Radomsky was actually quite wealthy. He owned businesses, he owned real estate, and he uses that wealth to open and expand the Kesser Torah Yeshiva network. And he funds most of the yeshivas, and he gives shiurim in these yeshivas. He was a tremendous Talmud Chacham. Eventually, the Kesser Torah Yeshiva network had 36 yeshivas, close to 4,000 Talmudim. You're talking about it's the size of the entire Lithuanian yeshiva world almost, which is about 5,000 students. And here, just the Kesser Torah Yeshivas of Radomsk, which he mainly funded himself, he, was, he had this amount of yeshivas. He had a massive Torah empire that the Radomska Rebbe had. He himself moved to Sosnovich, where he had his, some of his business. He had the main yeshiva also. And he was a, also a tremendous leader. And he, again, Radomsk and Alexander were up there the same size as pretty much, we don't have exact numbers, same size as Ger. Those were the big three. Alexander and Radomsk were pretty much entirely wiped out. We got a sense of the loss of the Hasidim, and not only the Rebbe, the Radomsky Rebbe, like the Alexander Rebbe, escaped from Sosnovich to Warsaw at the beginning of the war. He's in the Warsaw Ghetto, where during the great Aksia, the great deportation from the Warsaw Ghetto, he's actually shot in the street by the Nazis. He didn't even get loaded onto a train to Treblinka, to the gas chambers. And because of that, the Hasidim that night were able to bury him in the Jewish cemetery in Warsaw, one of the last people to be buried in the Jewish cemetery in Warsaw, and he got a Jewish kvura because he was not brought to the gas chambers of Treblinka. He was killed in the ghetto. And he, today there's an oihel over his kever in the Warsaw Jewish cemetery, which I bring the groups to, to go to the last Radomsk Rebbe, who's not buried in Radomsk near his ancestors, but rather after he's killed by the Nazis, he's buried in Warsaw. He was given an opportunity by some of his Hasidim in England to get through an escape route through Italy in the Mediterranean to get to England. And they had it all worked out. They had it paid for. And when they presented it to him, he said, I'm not leaving. My Hasidim are here. I'm not abandoning them. And he said these words that, that the Isha Hashunamis said to Elisha. She, he said, I sit amongst my people and I'm not going to leave. And he found his end, which is very similar to the next Rebbe. One of the la- the last Rebbe of Karlin, the uh, one of the older sons of the Yanuka, Rabbi Sral Perlau of Karlin, who most of his sons became Rebbe's in Stalin and Karlin and other places. So one of his sons was Rabbi Ram Eli Melech Perlau. He became the main Rebbe after his father, the Yanuka, died in Frankfurt. We go to bring tours to Germany. We don't expect to go Taven by a Hasidish Rebbe. And there's the Yanuka, Rabbi Sral Perlau of Karlin, buried. He died near Frankfurt, so he's buried there. In any event, his son, Rabbi Ram Elimelech Perlau, is the main Karlina Rebbe in Karlin near Pinsk. He had a yeshiva, he opened the yeshiva in Lunitz, where it was a Hasidish yeshiva. He wanted the learning to be top-level learnings. He invested a lot in the yeshiva, and he hired one of the biggest and best Lamdanim in Lita to be the Rosh Yeshiva in his Karlin yeshiva. And that man was Rabbi Lazar Menachem Shach, and he was a Rosh Hashiva in this Hasidish Yeshiva of Karlin in Lunitz, and was very close to the Rav Ram Elimelech, the Karlina Rebbe. And Rav Ram Elimelech, the Karlina Rebbe, like all the Rebbes of Karlin, invested a lot in Eretz Yisrael. They wanted their Hasidim to settle in Eretz Yisrael. He sent people there. He visited Eretz Yisrael four times, which is almost unmatched. The Ger Rebbe visited five, but other than that, I don't think anyone else comes close. And he was very close to this Hasidim there. He encouraged people to settle there, 
and he himself was there as the war is breaking out, and his Hasidim tell him to stay. He's there for a long visit. There's pictures of him going to the Kaisel two weeks before the war breaks out, and he and he goes back to Israel. They say, "What are you doing? The war is breaking out already. It even broke out to a certain extent." And he says, "No, I dafka want to leave now to go back to the Hasidim in Karlin." He goes back, by the time he arrives there, the war is in full swing, and he goes back to Karlin and is killed by the Nazis at a later time. The Bayana Rebbe of Krakow, the son-in-law of the previous Bayana Rebbe in Chernovitz, the Bayana Rebbe in Krakow's name was Reb Moshe Friedman, his nickname, they called him Reb Moshe Friedman. And he was one of the, it's always amazing to me how, a person like that is not more well-known. He was one of the biggest leaders of Galicia, Polish Jewry before the war. He was on the Mayetzes Gedele HaTayra of Agudis Yisrael. He was on the Hanhala, he was on the, one of the administrator, principal, Rashi Yeshiva, whatever you want to call it, of Yeshiva's Chachmei Lublin, following Rameir Shapiro's uh, um, passing in 1933. He was one of the most uh, dynamic leaders of Galicia Jewry before the war. He was also a huge Talmud Chacham. He was a Paisik in Halacha, which also wasn't so common for Rebbe's at that time. And this Bayana Rebbe was one of the top leaders of Polish Jewry, and he ends up in the gas chambers at Auschwitz. His last words as the gas chamber doors are closing in Auschwitz, which was heard by Leib Langfuss, a Jewish member of the Zunder Commando, the special task force that had to work at the gas ovens, is that he says to the SS officer, you think you're going to destroy the Jewish people, the Jewish people are going to live forever, you're never going to succeed in destroying the Jewish people. And then he turns to the people around him and said, and said let's die together as Jews, and, and he starts saying Shema Yisrael, and they have a, a shouting of Shema Yisrael in the gas chambers as the doors are closing by the Biyana Rebbe and his Hasidim and family members who are surrounding him. Reb Moshe Betzal Alter was the younger brother of the Imreyemis of Ger, the Ger Rebbe. And he was the right-hand man of the Ger Rebbe. He, he took care of him. He, he was there for the Hasidim. The Ger Rebbe himself was um, very, like all Ger and Kotsk and Shischa, the Rebbe's very, spoke very little. All his words were short and to the point. He had to wait a long time to go see him. And I heard a testimony recently from an old Gera Chassid who was describing visiting the Gera Rebbe on Yantif. And he said he waited six hours online to see the Gera Rebbe. And when he finally got to his turn, the Gera Rebbe told him one sentence and he didn't understand one word what the Gera Rebbe said and what did he mean. He just memorized whatever he heard. And then he went and he said, everyone did this. He went another line to wait another few hours to get to Ramesh Betzal. And he would tell over to Ramesh Betzal what his older brother, the Gera Rebbe, said. Ramesh Betzal would explain to the people, this is what my brother meant, and this is what you should be doing, and this is what you should work on. Ramesh Betzal was the, the, the main person in Ger all the years. He never left his brother's side. He ran the Ger. He was the father to the Hasidim. And in the Gera Rebbe's will, in his Tzavah, he wrote that his brother, Ramesh Betzal, should be the Rebbe, not any of his sons. He was, um, and when the Gerebbe was able to escape at the beginning of the war, Ramayish Betzal chose to stay because he's going to stay with the Hasidim. And he's brought during the great Aktsi and the Warsaw Ghetto, he lives in Warsaw, like most of the Gerebbe Hasidim, 
and he's brought three times to the Umschlagplatz, to the gathering area that the Nazis brought the Jews of Warsaw during the Great Deportation at the edge of the ghetto to load them on the trains from there to Treblinka. Three times he's brought, and each one of those, the first two times, the resistance inside the ghetto tries to get him back, and they succeed in, in smuggling him back to the ghetto. And the third time they try to get him back, and he says, it's the third time I'm here, it's obviously God's will that I go together with the Hasidim to, to wherever the destination is, and he's killed in the gas chambers at Treblinka. The Gereb and Ertisron, he hears that his brother had been killed. He eventually had to change the Tzavo, change the will, and make his son, Rabbi Srol, the Basi Srol of Ger, the new Ger Rebbe. But he explained, or it was explained in Ger, I'm not sure if the Rebbe himself said it, or it was explained in Ger, that really the will was never changed because the Gerach Hasidim had all been killed in Treblinka. It was only a few that were left to rebuild in Eretz Yisrael. For the few that were left in Eretz Yisrael to rebuild, his son could become the Rebbe. But for the majority, the overwhelming majority of the Hasidim, they're killed in Treblinka. They need a Rebbe. He said the Kedoshim of Ger need a Rebbe. That Tzavo, that will remains, that Ramesha B'Tzalel has to be their Rebbe. They can't have a Rebbe who's alive, who doesn't dial Kiddush Hashem the Rebbe, had to go to Treblinka with them, and he remains the Rebbe of the Kedoshim. That was the Ramesha B'Tzal. Of course, there are many, many other Rebbes who were killed also. The Sachachava Rebbe, the Radzina Rebbe, we mentioned earlier, the Baba Rebbe, we just seen, of course, the Piazetzner Rebbe, Rebbe Shulam Lazer, Ratzafer, this the youngest son of the Divrei Chaim, Astravtze, Radashitz, Rameir Alter, the son of the Ger Rebbe, the Slanaber Rebbe, Rebbe Shlema David Yeshua Weinberg, who lived in Baranovich, and Rebbe Chonav Vasaman used to go to his Shalashudah Shmuz, and the Sakal of a Rebbe, who was a grandson of the Kutzker. There's many, many, many more we could really, literally go on. We'll move over to the second category, communal rabbis. I mentioned a rabbi from Germany, the chief rabbi of Hamburg, Rebbe Yosef Karlbach, one of the founders of Agudas Yisrael, the one who brought Agudas Yisrael to Poland. It was founded in Germany by Jews from Frankfurt, and, and people like Rebbe Yosef Karlbach. And he brings it to Germany. He's a chaplain in the German army during World War I. And he's based in Kovna. He also spends some time in Poland. He spreads the ideas of a good Yisrael to Poland, then it takes root. He also was involved in the Slabatki Yeshiva during World War I, which is a story in itself. And when, he, uh, when the Jews are leaving Hamburg during the 1930s, when it's getting worse for the Jews of Germany under the Nazi regime, he has an opportunity to leave. And he says, what do you mean? I was appointed to be the chief rabbi of Hamburg, and as long as there's a Jewish community in Hamburg, I'm staying here till the end. He was a tremendous thinker, he was a leader, he wrote an enormous amount, and a wide range of ideas of, of the current times, and, and literally he, he did not leave any stone unturned, and uh, was a tremendous mouthpiece for Torah views during the interwar period. And he ends up being killed in Riga when the last Jews of Hamburg are deported together with their rabbi who refused to ever leave his community until the last moments, and he's killed in Riga. The Koizhlik of Arav, Reb Tzvi Aryeh Frommer, who was a Sochachavr Chassid living in Poland, and he's the Rav of Koizhlikov, town in Poland, he's the Rav in other small towns, he eventually becomes the Rosh Yeshiva of Yeshiva's Chachmei Lublin after Meir Shapiro was Nifter. He wrote Sforim on Halacha and other stuff. He was 
a tremendous makel in halacha. He always felt that he had to be, his derech in halacha was to be a melamed schus, to look, to try to, uh, not make it easier is the right word, but uh, to be melamed schus, to be able to find, to justify what the custom was amongst the people and to try to give it a halachic justification. He was a fatherly figure to the Talmidim in Yeshiva's Chachmei Lublin. He lived with them, he ate with them, and he's remembered with such warmth. He escaped from Lublin to Warsaw. In the beginning of the war, was in the Warsaw Ghetto, but later was deported by the Nazis to a labor camp near Lublin where he was killed in, by the Nazis in the war. The Kaisel Kavarov really is a story in itself. I recently read a wonderful article about him, but that's really for another time. Reb Chanach Henech Aigish was the famous Dayan of Vilna for over 40 years. He wrote the Sefer, the Marcheshes, which became a classic and major Sefer. He was stood next to Reb Chaim Eizer Grzynski on the Vilna Bezdin for over 40 years. They were the best of friends. They discussed everything together. He was a tremendous Paisik. He learned in Valozhin when he was younger, and he and was involved with Reb Chaim Eizer in the founding and the running of the Vadi Yeshivas. In fact, when he when Reb Chaim Eizer had passed away in August of 1940, so the senior dying on the Vilna Bezdin and the senior leader of the Vadi Yeshivas was left as the Marcheshes. Reb Chaim for a period of time, he was the head of the Mizrahi. He was the chief of the Mizrahi in Poland. He was a supporter of religious. Zionism through the Mizrahi. They left the Mizrahi, had different views. He still supported Hapoel HaMizrahi, but that's a story in itself. Of course, he was very close friends with Reb Chaim Eizer, as I mentioned, who was the head of the Lagodis Yisrael. So obviously, political affiliations didn't matter when we're talking about great people. And he, as the senior Dayan, as the senior rabbi, as the senior Paisik of Vilna Jewry, is killed by the Nazis either in Vilna or in the forest, the pits of Ponar outside of Vilna. Reb Simcha Zelig Rieger was one of the biggest Paiskim in the Lithuanian uh, world before the war. He was the Dayan of Brisk from the time that Reb Chaim Brisker, Reb Chaim Soloveitchik, became the rabbi in Brisk. He would not become rabbi unless Reb Simcha Zelig would be the one who's paskining the Shilas. Reb Chaim Soloveitchik, Reb Chaim Brisker, and later his son, the Briskerov, Reb Velvala, did not want to paskin Shilas. And therefore, Reb Simchazelig was brought in to be the brisker Dayan. He also learned in Valazhin. He was the Dayan in Brisk. He was the biggest Paisik in, uh, in, in the Jewish people. Reb Chaim Brisker said he's a Chad Bedora. He's the old, unique in his generation in Psak. Many, most of the rabbis of his generation got smicha by him. He was the biggest, what we'd call a, a smicha Geber. He gave smicha to everyone. He's the only contemporary quoted by Reb Chaim Brisker in his Sefer on the Rambam. And he was well-known and beloved in all halachic and rabbinic circles. And he's killed in Brisk, in one of the pits outside of Brisk by the Nazis in the war as well. In the Warsaw, the entire Warsaw, Bezdin, from Menachem Zemba, who was one of the G'dayli Hadar, one of the greatest leaders of the generation, on the Mayetzes of the Godes Yisrael, he was a Gerach Hasid. He was uh, one of the biggest uh, Talmud HaChavim and Paiskim of, of the pre-war world the greatest rabbi in Poland. He's killed during the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. He also is such a rich and amazing personality that really he deserves a story in itself. But it was the rest of the Warsaw rabbinate as well, Reb Shimshin Stockhammer, who was actually a Belzer Chassid, Reb Mishalom Kamener, Reb Nassim Spiegelglass, and many, many more. There was 
literally hundreds, thousands of Rabbanim, rabbis of towns, small towns, big towns, big cities who were killed, or Barchik Bakshed in the Lithuanian town of Shavel, the uh, Reb Zalman Asofsky, the Rabbi Slabatka, Reb Shmuel Fundiler, the Rabbi of Ritava, Reb Yisif Zusmanovich, the Rabbi of Vilkomir, these were all in Lithuanian towns. It's not Lithuanian town, Rabbanim, and Polish Rabbanim, almost none survived. The Panovich Rav said that he was a member of the of the uh, Society of Lithuanian Rabbanim before the war. And he said, I'm pretty much the only survivor. He was on a fundraising campaign when the war broke out, so he survived. He says, no other Lithuanian rabbi survived pretty much. lesson also had gotten out before the war broke out, but almost no one survived. Every single Lithuanian rav stayed with their community. If we move on to the yeshiva world, the yeshiva world is also completely decimated. In the Tells yeshiva, the Tells rav and rabbi of the town, as well as the Rosh Yeshiva of Avram Yitzchak Blach, his brother Reb Zalman Blach, and Reb Lezer Rabinovich, the son of Reb Chaim Rabinovich, who was Reb Chaim Telzer, were all killed along with the rest of their staff. They led them out. Um, there's a, to a mass grave where they're shot by the Nazis. Avram Yitzchak Blach was the, not only the Rosh Yeshiva of Tells, he ran all the Telzer uh, yeshiva institutions, the girls' schools, the teacher's seminary, the young boys' school, he had a newspaper printed. He was active in Agudis Yisrael. But Ram Yitzchak Blach was one of the towering leaders and thinkers of Lithuanian Jewry before the war. And of course, the rest of the Talzi Yeshiva staff, the Rabbeim, the Mashkiach. If we move over further south to Kelm, Reb Daniel Movshovitz and Reb Gershon Miyadnik, who were two of the three sons-in-law of the previous Rosh Yeshiva of Kelm, the famous Talmud Torah of Kelm, the third son-in-law being Rablazer Dessler, who lived in England, so he survived, but his two brothers-in-law, the two heads of the Talmud Torah, Reb Daniel and Reb Gershon, are killed with the entire yeshiva. They're marched out. Reb Daniel Moshevitz asked permission from the Nazi if he can say a few words to the community, to the yeshiva, to the Talmud Torah of Kelm, and the Nazi gives him permission, and he speaks to them about, they're all about to do Kiddush Hashem, and he gives a short schmooze about Kiddush Hashem, and then with the amazing mastery of Kel Musser, of the calm, of complete control of his emotions, he turns to the Nazi and he says, I have finished, you may now begin. And that is the epitome of Kel Musser that Rabbi Daniel had mastered. And of course, you can't mention Kel without mentioning the Rebetzin Nechama Liba, the daughter of the altar of Kelm. She was close to a hundred years old, and she's carried out with the town of Kelm. She's carried out by the students of the Kelm Talmud Torah who carry her on a stretcher. And they carried her, like they said, like they carried a Sefer Torah, singing a song together of Kiddush Hashem. Several different versions of which song they sang, Adai Neilam, Ashrenu, other songs, but they're carrying the Rebetzin Nechama Liba, who Rabbi Rucham Levavitz and other Talmidim of Kelm would quote her, saying different Musr ideas. She would speak Musr ideas from her father, and the great students of Kelm would actually quote her, talking about a unique personality in Slabatka. Rabbi Shraga Feivel Horowitz, the son of Rabbi Horowitz, was killed as the Rosh Hashiva, the Mashgiach of Avram Grajinsky, 
the famous Mashgiach of Slabatka is, is killed. The Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, who was his brother-in-law, said when the Nazis killed my brother-in-law, Rabbi Ram Grzynski, the Musser movement came to an end. Rabbi Ram Grzynski stayed in the ghetto. He was with his, his children in the ghetto. He raised his children himself. His wife had died young. And he gave Musser Vadim, Musser uh, talks to his to students, to yeshiva guys who were in the ghetto. Shabbos afternoon, I heard testimonies from more than one survivor of the Kovna ghetto about going on Shabbos afternoon to hear Musser from Ravon Gajenski, and he would talk about things to work on. It blows your mind to think about what they were going through in the ghetto and what concerns of Ravon Gajenski and the people who are coming to hear him is what they can work on in their Musser activity, in their Musser growth, in their Musser and he is killed by the Nazis during the liquidation of the Kovna ghetto. He, was, he had broken his leg during the liquidation and was brought to the Jewish hospital. And the Nazis decided they don't need a Jewish hospital. They set fire to the building, burning alive all the doctors, nurses, and patients inside, including Abraham Grzynski, the Slabatka Mashkiach. Baranovich was a yeshiva that the entire staff was wiped out. Rabbi Choron is famous, it's a story in itself. But it was also the Mashgiach of the Yeshiva, Yisrael Yankiv Lubchansky, who was a son-in-law of the altar of Navardic, who was also the rabbi of Baranovich for a certain amount of time, who fought to prevent any Chil Shabbos in Baranovich. He would walk around Friday afternoon convincing store owners to close their stores. And he was the beloved Mashgiach of the Baranovich Yeshiva, who led both the town and the Yeshiva through the interwar period, Ironically, Reb David Rappaport, who was the main Rebbe in the yeshiva, was, found his death in, in Siberia by the hands of the communists, not by the Nazis. Rabbi Tzikolchonon Waldschein, who was the brother-in-law of Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, married a granddaughter of the altar Navardic, who was involved in several Navardic yeshivas, and he was also in Baranovich for a period of time, a tremendous personality, a Talmud Chacham, a Baal Musser, a real activist. He always was looking for new projects and trying to build more. And the different yeshivas that he was affiliated with was also killed by the Nazis. As far as I know, Rebleid Gavia, who the alumni of Baranovich used to talk about with such love and so much uh, about his shiurim, and, the, and he was a rebbe in the yeshiva. As far as I know, he was also killed by the Nazis. But if anyone knows more certain information, I would appreciate it. I would end off with a, another yeshiva that's not as famous, the Teres Chaim Yeshiva in Warsaw, originally started by one of the Grzynski families, related to Rav Grzynski I mentioned earlier. It was eventually taken over by Rav Chaim Brisker's son-in-law, Rav Hirsch Glixen. It was originally a, like a slanomer chassid, but once he married into the Soloveitchiks, you know, it's, uh, the chassidus part is, uh, is less prominent. And Teres Chaim, which is actually named after his father-in-law, was a Litvish yeshiva in Hasidish Warsaw. It was a very unique yeshiva. And Reb Hirsch Glixen, the son-in-law of Reb Chaim, and a couple of his children were Rebbeim in the yeshiva. One of his sons-in-law, who was a Rebbe in the yeshiva, was Reb Avram Meir Finkel, who was a son of Reb Lezi Yudel Finkel. And Reb Hirsch Glixen, Reb Avram Meir Finkel, Reb Hirsch Glixen's other kids and the grandkids and all their families are killed by the Nazis, most of them in Treblinka in the gas chambers during the Great Deportation of Warsaw Jewry. Rav Salvechik from Boston, the Rav, he 
mentions that his cousin, who's Rebersh Glickson's son, who's his first cousin, that he was actually killed in a very cruel way. The Nazis dragged him through the streets. I'm not sure how he heard about this, but th- th- that's what he, he says, that he was killed in a very cruel and very public, degrading fashion. But there were staff from every single Litvish yeshiva who was killed in Grodna, Reb Shleim Harkavi, the Meshkiach, and others, and Kletzk, Reb Yisuf Leib Nednik, the Meshkiach of Kletzk, and others, the Ramaylis Yeshiva in Vilna, most of the staff was killed. Reb Yisrael Lovovitz, the oldest son of Reb Yeruchim, was a Rebbe in Ramaylis, was killed. Most of the Navardaki Yeshiva staff were killed. The heads of the Vad HaYeshivas in Vilna, Reb Aaron Berek and Reb Yisuf Shub, were killed in Ponar by the Nazis. Most of the Rebbeim and the Radin and the Kamenitz Yeshivas were killed as well. The destruction was so all-encompassing uh, across the Torah world that it's sometimes even hard to grasp. So may these Kedoshim be, uh, may the, their lives be an inspiration for us. In the same way we say the Kina of Arzi Alavonai, may we try to draw Chizik from the lives of these people and from their death, Al-Kiddush Hashem, and may we only hear happy tidings and never lose any of our leaders and always be able to be led by our great Torah leaders and never have to suffer any loss of them ever again. This was Yehuda Geber of Jewish History Soundbites. You can reach me at ygebss at gmail.com. And of course, you can subscribe and follow us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and on, and you can also follow us on Twitter at jsoundbites.